Hey y'all, hey, it is episode number 48 and I am so excited to be here. Yes, we have another throwback and this throwback is one of y'all's favorites. It is way back to episode number 11. This is when I talked to Paulette Simone Smith. So much has happened since this episode, but I cannot wait for you to get all the way into it. How to dismantle generational stigmas. Some of us are just holding on to things. They've been put on us by our mothers and their mothers and then their mothers and fathers and sisters and cousins. But what if we stood in our right now and became aware? She talks about how she was diagnosed. I'm not going to tell you with what. And she was prescribed these pharmaceutical drugs and they just weren't working for her. They were changing her mood. And she just had all of these thoughts about, well, this is what they said do. And finally, she sat in her right now. She embraced where she was, she acted in her strengths, and then she thrived in the greatness of who she was because she was so aware. And the coolness about her story, just in case you haven't heard it or you want to brush up those cobwebs, the beauty about her story is not only was she diagnosed and she was feeling all these things, like I told you, she was aware. But then she challenged the status quo and she said, you know what, I'm going to do something about it and I'm going to have somebody pay me while I learn. Come on now. And then I'm going to flip it all around and learn more. And I cannot wait until you really listen in. And here's a piece of the juiciness of what you're going to hear. There's so many variations of cannabis that you can tailor what you take to benefit you in the way that you want. The question is, what do you do when you challenge everything you've been taught to believe? Let's get into it. Hey y'all, hey, it is Lolita E. Walker and I am so excited to bring you another throwback. Now this has rated so high. You guys have written so many amazing reviews and have written to me about this powerful episode that I did way back in season one and it's still so relevant today. It is episode number 11, y'all. And it is talking about how to dismantle generational stigmas, cannabis and more. And I had Paulette Simone Smith on here. And y'all, it is rock star status. I cannot wait to you listen in. Her story is so amazing because she talks about how she was diagnosed with um, a chronic illness within her. She was diagnosed with this illness and you'll hear more about it and how these pharmaceutical drugs just weren't doing it for her. And they were just changing up who it was she, she had at the essence of her. She wasn't her anymore. And so what she chose to do is so amazing how she got into the medical cannabis space. Not only how she got there, but the awareness of it all. And then how she navigated that space and what she's doing now, y'all. It is so exciting. To me, it is so inspirational. To me, it helps me challenge what do I think? What are those generational stigmas that are still attached to us? Then what are our biases when it comes to some things in the world? And then how can I sit in my right now, embrace where I am, act in my strengths and my curiosity, and then thrive in the greatness that is me and who it is I am becoming? Come on now, this episode right here is so amazingly good. Do you have biases when it comes to medical marijuana? Hmm. Well, let's get all the way into it. Are you ready? I know I am. There's so many variations of cannabis that you can tailor what you take to benefit you in the way that you want. Hey, everybody. As you know, we start each podcast episode with an affirmation just to ground us and frame our mindset a little bit. Today, we are declaring that I am open, ready and willing to unlock the endless possibilities within me. 
I'm going to say that one more time. I am open, ready, and willing to unlock the endless possibilities within me. And remember, if you are ready to walk, talk, and behave in your intentions today, grab your affirmation deck at lolitawalker.com slash shop. Welcome to Coaching Cocktails and Conversations with Lolita E. Walker, the podcast that coaches you up while meeting you exactly where you are. Grab your water, tea, or something stronger and allow this podcast to help you feel the power in your cause. Come on in and join the conversation. Let's go. Hey, hey, hey. Yes, it is episode number 11, Change Agents. Can you believe that? So what are we talking about today? We are talking about how to unlock generational stigmas. We're even going to be talking about cannabis because as we know, there are so many stigmas that's attached to the cannabis industry, right? And especially going into our election season, it behooves us to really understand a little bit more about cannabis, how it affects our body, what its healing potentials are, a little more around the stigmas attached to the plant that have aided in sending so many to be incarcerated. And just so you can be knowledgeable about what's going on and what folks are talking about. It's really important that we educate ourselves so we are starting to shake some of the stigmas that's attached to cannabis because we know it's all about education. And when we think about stigmas that are attached to us, it's scary, right? But before we get into that, let me thank those of you who are here today. I do not take it for granted. For all of you all who are returning, welcome back. I already know you have pulled up a comfortable chair right beside me. And for all of you all who are new, let me just say welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so excited that you are here and you decided to pop on in. We break this podcast down into three layers. The first is coaching, where I gift you a little bit of soul work to challenge your thinking just a little bit. Next, we go into some cocktails. Now, this is where we celebrate all of the fierceness that you are when you walk up to this kitchen table, okay? And then finally, there are conversations. Now, sometimes the conversation is just between you and I, and other times I bring a special invited guest. And today we are welcoming Miss Paulette Simone Smith. Now, Paulette is a licensed clinical therapist and the owner of Paulette Simone and Associates. She's a Morgan State graduate. Ooh, ooh, go Bears! And she has built a reputation for guiding, educating, and supporting her community through holistic practices. I am so excited because today during conversations, Paulette is going to share a story about how her stigmas that surrounded cannabis are what now lay the foundation of her practice. Did you hear that? She is speaking, educating, and providing holistic therapy for her clients and her community. Listen, y'all, I first heard Paulette's story as she spoke on this panel discussion, and it instantly grabbed me. So we're going to hear from Paulette during conversations. But first, we're going to get into this coaching. You ready? What do you think of when you hear the word stigma? What do you think of when you hear the word stigma as related to stereotype or discrimination? Do you see that there's any linkages there? And then what do you think of the phrase generational stigma? Is it a thing? For me, I say, yes, it absolutely is a thing. So let's just go ahead and jump right into it. When I refer back to our best friend, Google, which we normally do on our podcast, stigma is defined as a mark of disgrace that's associated with the particular circumstance, quality of person. 
and also the negative attitudes, behaviors, and judgments that's associated. Yep, it's still making sense. So when I dug in a little bit deeper, I love this definition right here. Stigma is when someone sees you in a negative way. Discrimination is when someone treats you in a certain way. Brilliant. I couldn't have done better myself. <laughs> now, if a stigma is something that somebody sees in me or have attached or labeled me as, doesn't that become a their problem, not a my problem? Who said that I have to act in the way of the stigma that has already been placed on me? Not me. Who says that I have to walk, talk, and behave in the way that someone else sees me? Not me. We are here to dismantle the generational stigmas and the stigmas that other people have placed on us. Does that make sense? And these stigmas sometimes can lead to fear that finds us in confusion, anxiety, doubt. And then what's next? Those same stigmas that's attached to someone can then lead us to acting in discriminatory ways because of the label that we've now attached to this person or this group. You get the linkages? Reality is that we are fearful of the unknown. Things that we're not able to readily explain, maybe things that we haven't tried, maybe things that simply have been passed down from generation to generation. And it's just our lack of knowledge or our lack of experience that keeps these stigmas attached. Maybe. Hmm. If we think about it, think about education, think about healthcare, think about community, even think about the justice system. Sometimes we think our stigmas are hidden away in this chest that's in a corner somewhere and that we're not leveraging them every day. But it's really penetrating the depths of us, sometimes at our foundation, in our belief system, in how we walk, talk, and behave every day. Those are the stigmas that we want to become aware of today. We want to give ourselves a chance to think about what those are and bring those to the light. This chest that's been passed down from generation to generation. Can you imagine that? That is what we're doing our soul work around. I'm going to also be sharing some of the stigmas that when I open up my chest that I remember hearing, that I remember being associated from the time that I was young. And I don't know where they came from. They could have come from how my parents were raised, how their parents were raised, from societal views. They could have come from TV. It's just so many ways that we attach these stigmas. Just amazing. Let's just go ahead and get into the soul work since I'm talking about it. <laughs> If you already downloaded your CCNC journal, you can grab it at lolitawalker.com slash podcast. And it's just an area that is dedicated for notes and for reflections based on each episode that we do together. And if you don't have it, it's no problem. Just go ahead and think through the exercise with us. We are going to draw out or imagine a chest, okay? Now I'm visualizing this huge, amazingly adorned wood chest that's at the foot of my grandmother's bed. <laughs> But for you, perhaps think about a chest that you see on the movies. You know, one that's kind of in an attic. It's all dusty. It's been sitting there for years and nobody has ever dared to open it. But when it is open, it's filled with like a treasure or a million different photos and memories. Y'all seen movies like that, right? I know I have. I'm always wondering, oh, what's in the chest? What's in the chest? So we have this chest that's drawn out what we're imagining. When you open it, it's full of these jars that hold nothing but stigmas. There's a good amount of them in a chest and each one is labeled. Now I want you to tell me what is each jar labeled? I'm going to give you a minute or you can just simply press pause. You're writing stigmas that have either been generationally passed down or ones that you know have negatively been placed on others. 
Now remember, this is a judge-free zone, so this exercise is your own so that we give our minds an opportunity to think differently. Now, when I look at my chest, it's full of stigmas that I've either heard over the years, I've experienced, or ones that I've actually placed on other people. All of these easily become a narrative that we either willingly or unwillingly communicate and act out every day. So I'm going to get started with a few just in case there's some that's in common between both of our chats, okay? Black women are angry, dominant, and rude. Hmm. Have you recently heard that attached to anyone? Have you recently attached that stigma to anyone? Hmm. Oh, has that stigma been placed on me before? Is that what you asked? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Beepers. Y'all remember those? Are for drug dealers. (laughs) HIV can only be contracted by homosexuals. You remember that stigma being attached? Prison is where all guilty people live. COVID-19 is only for Chinese and young people. Millennials are all lazy and entitled. Now, I must admit that I, too, have had a penny or two inside of this particular stigma jar. And I must say that that jargon only perpetuates what is not true across an entire group, especially because I have some really good examples of some bad-ass millennials who are doing some amazing things out in this world. And I mean, I am so proud of them. But I must admit that I, too, um, was guilty of perpetuating that stigma and attaching it to a group. Can you see the example of how harmful stigmas can actually be to your mental, to your physical, emotional? Which of these are we passing down to our children? Because we don't have the proper education or haven't sought to do a little more research to make sure that these stigmas are not being attached to others directly by us. Today, the five strategies that I'm leaving you with are how to unlock the generational stigmas that have been attached. All right, you ready? I feel like I'm about to um, knock out the pinata at my <laughs> son's birthday party. <laughs> now I want you to pound on that chest like your life depends on it. Go ahead and pound on it. We are pounding out P-O-U-N-D. You feel me? P-O-U-N-D. This, according to Coach Lolita, is how we begin to dismantle generational stigmas. Now stick with me. The first step is P. We want to pull out the chest. We want to actually pull it on out, bring it to the middle of the table, bring it to the middle of the floor. This is about not turning your head and recognizing that, oh, yeah, there is a chest right there. Let me not pass by it one more time, but let me go ahead and acknowledge that, hey, you might be worth pulling out so I can learn about me just a little bit more. Next, we want to own each of the content. We want to own our jars, good, bad, or indifferent, judged or unjudged. We want to own them. We want to look at them, understand what the label is, and we want to own what they are. And then I already went into you, but that's really understanding and then unlocking what each one of them are. We want to go one by one by one and really acknowledge and understand what they are. And then next, we want to nourish ourselves through education, through talking to people that are at our playground and beyond our playground by researching, by getting curious and digging deeper. Make sense? You know, it's oftentimes that these stigmas are actually disproportionately driving discrimination in society, in our communities, in our justice system, in our financial systems, healthcare, all of those things are being driven by the stigmas that we attach to people. And finally, there is dismantling the stigma. 
There is crushing all of those jars to tiny little pieces by communicating, by being aware of what they are, and then calling people to the table when you see that there's stigmas that they have associated with folks or things or groups are actually translating to what? To their actions. And also that means dismantling your stigmas and bringing you to the table. Is bringing you right there so that now you can acknowledge that these jars are here. I'm looking right at them. I am pulling them out. I am owning them. I am understanding them and unlocking them because they are so important to how we are going to shift the world, how we are going to shift ourselves. Then I'm nourishing myself with now renewed energy, with new information, with being surrounded by different folks and with researching a little bit more so that I can walk, talk, and behave differently, I am dismantling what has been stuck inside of this chest for years. We are pounding these stigmas out, okay? So those are your five strategies that I want you to take away today. And then go back and do a little soul work. Are you ready for some cocktails? I know I sure am. Woo, I thought that was a really good episode. I really got into that one, didn't I? Well, welcome to cocktails. For all of you all who are new, this is not about what you're sipping on. There is no judgment here, but this is all about the greatness that you bring when you come to this kitchen table. And here we celebrate our wins. So what are some wins that you're celebrating today? Hmm. For me, I am celebrating a number of things. I am celebrating the fact that, remember I told you that one of my goals was to reach 1,000 listens on one single episode? Well, on multiple episodes, but at least my first goal being one single episode. Episode one has officially reached 1,000 listens. Woohoo! Yay, super excited about that. Thank you, thank you, thank you, because I did not do that alone. You all are the ones who tuned in, and I just want to say thank you. So make sure you share with a friend, because listen, sometimes everybody needs a word. Everybody needs a word. And then I'm also really excited because in our last episode, I talked about not only did I reach episode number 10, uh, uh, yes, still celebrating that one, but I committed myself to starting a Facebook group for coaching cocktails and conversations. And I have. So if you haven't already joined the private Facebook group, please go ahead, go to facebook.com and look up coaching cocktails and conversations. You'll find it by Lolita E. Walker. It's an extension of this right here. You'll not only have an opportunity to talk about topics that we talked about right here on the podcast, but I'll also be bringing in some of the guests. We'll do some question and answers, even some of those questions that you all sent to me. I think they are hilarious. I'll be giving you a few sneak peeks on upcoming episodes, asking your input, even taking some of your feedback for what topics we should talk about on upcoming episodes. I'd love to have you. Thank you for those five-star reviews and keep them coming. So I am saying cheers to that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know why? Because listen, when we go look at a product or service or a book or on Amazon, anywhere, especially a podcast, What's the first thing that you do? Check the reviews. I know, because I do the same thing. So help me grow organically. Other people care what it is that you're taking away and if I'm worth their time. And since you're still here, 
I'm assuming that I am worth your time. I am celebrating you for a number of things today. My first cheers is to you for pounding out those stigmas. P-O-U-N-D. What we find inside of that chest is not always easy to digest, but it's ours. For all of these things and for the wins that you are claiming today, I am raising my cocktail to you. So cheers. Now, are you finally ready to get to some conversations with Miss Paulette Simone Smith? I know I am. Let's go. Hey, Paulette, and welcome to my kitchen table. I am so excited to have you here today. I am excited to be here, Lolita. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Paula, before you joined us, I shared Lolita's five strategies of how you can unlock generational stigmas because we must absolutely unlock the stigmas that are attached to us that have been passed down from generations and even sometimes how we can actually attach stigmas to other people. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself before we get started? Sure. My name is Paulette Simone Smith. I uh, was given that name by my mom, who uh, is a New Yorker, and I am also a New Yorker. I hail from Harlem, which is the upper side, I like to call it, of Manhattan. <laughs> That's where my roots were laid. I came here straight to go to Morgan State University, Morgan the illustrious. Right. That is where my time in Baltimore starts. I'm a graduate of their school of social work. I got my master's there. And I also actually have my bachelor's from Bowie State University, which is another illustrious HBCU that I represent. My bachelor's is in broadcast journalism. That's the core of who I am. I'm a communicator uh, and I'm a social worker. And then there's some other nuances in there. Oh, I love that. Yes. Now, what I shared with the listeners around the kitchen table before you got here was that when I first heard you speak and tell your story, I was so drawn to it because the stigmas that was once attached to cannabis, you now use as your foundation for your business. So talk to us about that because I found the story so interesting. So I know that they are going to be all in. Okay. (laughs) Yes. You know, there's a lot of different areas in the cannabis industry where people can jump in. I jumped in as a patient. I was suffering for years with some digestive issues. I just kind of took it for granted that I was not feeling well and that I couldn't eat certain things. For about maybe two or three years, I actually just settled to believe that maybe this is just the way that I was going to have to live. I went to a talk that a friend of mine, another Morgan State graduate, was having where she was discussing cannabis and the possibilities that it has to heal body and heal pain and inflammation and this type of thing. I decided, all right, let me take a further look and not decide, well, I'm just going to let my illness take a hold of me. So I said, let me go to this talk. While I was at the talk, I learned so much information about cannabis and how it could help my body and my and what I was dealing with. And so I decided to go forward, get my medical card. But in the midst of that, I started doing research. Mm-hmm. 
I started to look at what it was that my body was saying to me. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of that, I had gotten some different diagnoses from doctors, some different suggestions for pharmaceutical medication, for tests, and a lot of different things that they wanted to run tests. But in my research of cannabis, I found that just the introduction of some of the cannabinoids that are in cannabis to my body, I could help some of the inflammation that I was feeling daily. I jumped on it. And that's where it started for me. I decided to use cannabis as a way of healing myself. And I took myself off of the pharmaceutical medication that I was getting from the gastroenterologist. And I put myself on a regimen of THC and CBD. It's been maybe two, three years now that I haven't had to use any pharmaceutical medication to manage my issues, which ultimately are ulcerative colitis, a bowel issue. I took that and ran with it. I started doing all types of research. What is this plant and why is it making me feel so much better? And how can I get this information to other people? And then in the midst of me being a social worker and wanting to meet people where they are, in the midst of me being a communicator and knowing that information is power, I decided, let me learn as much as I can. And then let me share in real time what I'm learning. I love it. So many questions I have just from your story, which thank you so much for sharing, because I know that there's somebody that's here with us today that is struggling on whether or not they should continue using the medication that they're getting for their doctor. And to be clear, the communication is not to get off all medications and to move to cannabis. It is to research and talk to your doctor about it or find holistic practices that can talk to you about the benefits. As I say that, I do have a question for you because you said that you took yourself off of it. I know that you also did some research. Did you work with a doctor to get prescriptions? We all have to do what we have to do for ourselves. You have to know what's best for you. And the only way to do that is to look deeper into yourself, Mm -hmm. research. That's what I did. I was seeing a gastroenterologist for about two years. I had had different procedures done to look at my colon, to see where the inflammation was developing. Was it colitis? Was it Crohn's? I did a study with Johns Hopkins where we were trying to figure out which part of my colon it was that was inflamed so that I could take the right medication. I had issues with my iron. So I also was being seen by somebody who checked my iron regularly. Mm. So I was constantly going to the doctor, having my labs reviewed. And in the midst of that is when I was learning about cannabis. And I know you talk to your listeners about stigmas. I'll just throw it out there. Mm -hmm. I had used cannabis recreationally. So to some degree, I was self-medicated. I would feel better. I would feel that immediate, which people know about from me, the high, the Mm -hmm. euphoria. But you don't know what you're getting. As I've gotten older, I stopped smoking recreationally. When I learned about how it affects my body, the medical side of things, I said, well, let me try this with my medication because while my medication is helping my stomach, my feelings are still hurt that I can't eat what I want to eat. So I'm depressed. I can't go everywhere. I can't make it out too long because my stomach is going to curdle. You know, I'm taking these pharmaceuticals, but they're not really healing me. They're not really helping me. So I introduced medical grade marijuana 
marijuana just to help with my mood. And then, like I said, as I did the research, I realized the inflammation is coming down because that's what cannabinoids do. It helps with inflammation. So slowly I talked to my gastroenterologist about this and she wasn't the proponent of me going straight onto cannabis. But I also had a person who I spoke to who does recommend cannabis and who has gone to school, who does understand the different ways of treatment. And she helped me understand different ways to titrate off and straight Mm. onto cannabis. And I've been successful and happier since. Mm -hmm. I love that. Now, what stigmas had you heard or attached to cannabis before you started down the medical route? Of course, there's the lazy stone. Mm-hmm sitting somewhere, not making it to class if you're in college, not making it to work. This person who just sits and does nothing. Or then there's the, and I'm from Harlem, so I know the corners, the corner boys, you know, that that's all it's about is selling knick bags and selling dimes. So immediately I thought to myself, I don't want to be sitting around and not being able to achieve Mm -hmm. the things I need to do. I am college educated. I am a professional and I do need to get to work, I do need to be drug tested. Yes. How about that? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. The stigma that, you know, I'm going to fail a drug test and I'm not going to be able to explain why I have THC in my system. So all of these things were at the forefront. But when I started to do the research into the plant, there's so many variations of cannabis that you can tailor what you take to benefit you in the way that you want. The lock and key system allows me to have more energy from the the cannabis that I take to help with my stomach. You can do that. And that's what I try to share. Oh, I love that. Love that. Love that. Just to go back and tie this in for the listeners, I have heard our five strategies. We're going to get to the fifth. I've already heard you talk about four of the five strategies that I shared with them. You have already pulled out the chest, right? Then you owned it. Your stigma jar was called cannabis and you already had stigmas that were already in there. So now you're owning it. Then you went further to not only unlock it, but to better understand it. And the way that you did that was to do additional research. So now you were nourishing yourself with all of this new research and applying it to you, better understanding strains, better talking to holistic doctors and folks who already knew a little bit more than you. But now I want to get to that D, which is dismantling the stigma. Mm -hmm. Okay. So talk to me about what is it that you're doing now and Talk to us about this master's that you are about to go get. (laughs) Yes. So dismantling has come to me in some different ways. So I got a job at a dispensary here in Baltimore. I started working with the plant itself and the products that are being put out in Maryland so that I could know what I'm taking. So I'm in the vault with the medication back there, looking at the ingredients, picking out exactly what I want for myself and because dismantling also talks about bringing people in, I'm sharing that information. I researched different programs on how I can learn more about cannabis. And I found right here in Maryland at the University of Maryland, Baltimore, the first master's program in the United States for cannabis. 
Cannabis Science and Therapeutics. And it's a two-year master program in the School of Pharmacology, looking at not just the history and knowing some logistics about laws and so forth, but the pharmacology. I can talk to you about dosing. I'm able to do that now because I work in the industry, but it brings me a different level of understanding. And it makes me able to answer questions right there on the spot. And quite frankly, sit at different tables. That's right. It's the only way to get to the top of understanding for my health and so that I can bring people with me. It's important to me. I'm a Black woman. I went to HBCU schools on purpose, Mm -hmm. you know, and I want for my people to know that it's deeper than the block. Yes. It's deeper than sitting on the couch and not doing or or whatever you thought. You know, it's deeper than the movie Friday. It's serious. And when we talk about even moving forward with how to monetize and make money off of what we learn and research, I'm just here for it. This is going to come up in so many conversations. And the more we know, the more we understand, the more we can educate ourselves, then we can talk intelligently about this and know what the issues are that affect our community. Because quite frankly, Black and brown people are disproportionately affected. Absolutely. And the thing about it is the dispensary that I work at is in Baltimore City and it's up the street from a neighborhood that would be considered almost like an open air drug market. It's up the street from places where people get their methadone. You have some criminality up the street from this legal money-bearing business that is, quite frankly, owned by, you know, a white man. I'm happy to work at the dispensary because it's not owned by a proprietor or a big corporation. So I'm able to talk to the owner about what I Mm -hmm. see are trends, things that I think my community would really benefit from. And that's another part of what I'm trying to do to dismantle that stigma is to be close to the owner and for him to understand that my voice does matter as a patient, as an advocate, as someone who's in the industry, who's talking to clients about what products to get and where to go. Mm -hmm. So I try to stay close to the owner in that regard. But I I said all that to say that we're right up the street from where my brothers and sisters are being arrested Mm -hmm. for doing what I'm doing right down the street and getting paid for. Mm -hmm. That's no way. I have to be able to go down the street and tell a couple of these brothers and sisters, join me, get your medicinal card, and let's work on getting the rest of the community medical marijuana cards. So that's not why you're being stopped. Mm -hmm. You have a card. And so, no, you're not ingesting something with maybe fentanyl or whatever is out there on the streets now. No, get this medical grade cannabis, understand why it works in your body. And let's build on that, whether it's just to build, meaning that you use products that help you to get up and get going, or you build by knowing more and then working at the dispensary with me and then bringing more people in. Either way, what we have to do is we have to get on top of it. And that's what it all boils down to is just and taking it the step further. And you know what? Somebody might have missed a couple of nuggets that you dropped right there. And the uh, nugget that <laughs> the nugget that I heard you drop was, guess what? You wanted to know more. And so you figured out where is that more? That more is at this dispensary right here where I'm going to get paid. And then I'm going to suck up some knowledge so that then I can go out in my community and help them to understand what it is that they're putting in their body and put them on the right track so that the stigma that is attached to the cannabis in the first place 
you don't even need to walk in that because you're already going to be legal. And let me show you how. That's right. That's exactly right. And that's what I like to see when I'm in the dispensary and I see my, you know, brothers and sisters come in and they're talking about the different strains Mm -hmm. and they know more about what they want and stuff. I'm like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. You know, when I see grandmothers come in and they they are talking about their diabetes and they don't know why vanilla cupcake feels good and I break it down to them and they leave knowing that and take it to their other grandmother and they tell them and then they all come back with their cards. That's what I'm talking about. That's where we benefit. And I want people to have it in their system for the betterment of them. Now, we have laws that are going to keep us away from everybody being able to benefit from it. And I get that which is another reason why I'm in this industry, because we have to start advocating. It's a schedule one drug. There's no way that I can get any of my friends who work in the federal government to benefit from it because they can't. And I'm telling them no, because Mm -hmm. if you get drug tested, that's the end card or not. Mm -hmm. It's a federal offense. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem too. Mm -hmm. You also mentioned a collective in a community to your point, like this is a budding industry. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's funny. Play on words, but I didn't really mean it. (laughs) It works. So this industry is booming financially and it's so tough for our black and brown sisters and brothers to tap into this industry because it's so capital intensive. Would you agree with that? I would. It is. But there are other ways in. Mm. And that I think I'm evidence of. We could talk about this forever. I am all in. But one of the things I do when I have guests at the kitchen table is that I love to ask you what I call this come as you are final round. So I'm going to throw out some questions to you and just come as you are. Okay. Why is the work you do so important? Well, education is key. And that's what, for me, it boils down to. Education and communication. It's important for me to understand cannabis, the plant the best uses of it, how it interacts with our bodies, the laws behind it, medicinal. It's important for me to have all of this information so that I'm able to communicate it and educate other people. It's important for me on my level because I need to know what I'm taking and Mm -hmm. what I'm using to help myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. What's one strength that you bring to the table in work or in your personal life that you hadn't always recognized was so powerful? My personal story. That is my strength. There is really a lot to be said when you can speak from a place of knowledge because it's your knowledge. It's something that I've experienced. I'm not telling you about somebody else's pain. I'm telling you about my pain. The more that I explain to people what works for me, I'm able to strengthen people in telling their story. I didn't realize how important it would be for people to know that I am a consumer because of an ailment. I've been using that and I'm I'm starting to see that more as a way for me to connect with people. They can also be conquerors of whatever it is that's ailing them Mm -hmm. if they search as well. Yes. I love that your strength is your story, Mm. right? It's funny because the episode right before this one, it was about writing and owning your journey. Mm. And, and this is yours and you own it so well. So I love that your strength that you now are bringing is your journey. And you didn't always recognize how powerful it was until you started seeing the results and then communicating it. Yeah, that's absolutely right. You, Yeah, I, I didn't know it until just now uh, in having to answer that question, uh, <laughs> what, what it was. And I so, love it. 
Yes, that is so powerful. And I'm telling you, this is just confirmation that that is your super strength. When I heard you talking on the panel and I wrote to you right away, right while you were still on the call, I wrote to you, I inboxed you and I'm like, you have got to be on this Coaching Cocktails and Conversation podcast. It was because your story is so powerful. Mm. And I could see so many relationships to not only what I am talking about here on this podcast, but also how people can sit in their pause. And because you sat in your pause, you were able to see that, guess what? My health deserves more. I'm not getting what I need to move my body and nourish my body. So let me find out more so that I can feed my soul. And I just thought that was so freaking awesome. Yay. Yay. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't even, um, you know, like I, I'm just, I'm living it. I start school next week. I see clients daily, you know, and I, and I advocate for cannabis and I talk to them about what works for them. And, you know, and I get off the call and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you know, I was just able to counsel somebody mm-hmm. in the truest sense of what, what works for me. You know, it is. It is a good place. And like I said, I didn't know that my story was my strength until I was answering that question. I love it. Doesn't it feel good? Yeah, it does. It It does. does. Yes. And I can see you light up. See, I guess around the kitchen table can't see you light up, but they can hear it though. They can hear it. That's right. (laughs) What is one barrier that's sometimes still in the way of you leaping beyond where you stand today? Mm, I don't know that there's a barrier, but I feel like the time is now Mm -hmm. and I just need to do everything that comes to me. For instance, somebody just sent me an article about these two Black women who are helping Black women in cannabis. So I said, I should reach out to them. Mm -hmm. Will I is my barrier. Will I take that step? Will I write the letter? Am I capable of writing the letter? And then when I write something, I'm like, oh, shoot, I should have did that a long time ago. You know, I'm a good (laughs) writer. It's a thought. And wow, this is really something that could take off to actually doing it. Mm-hmm. So I heard a couple things. The barrier is will I? And right. it sounded like at the fundamental base of that was fear. One of the questions you said that challenges you sometime is, can I write that letter? Will I write that letter? But then you answered it. I'm a good writer. Absolutely. You've already answered that one. And I'm sure you have evidence of how you've done that and how you demonstrated that in the past. Absolutely. So sure. will you? Absolutely, I will. When are you going to do it by? Right. It's that push. It's that accountability partner to say you are doing this work. You're good at this work. You about to go get a master's in this work. You've been working at this dispensary for all of this time. Hell yeah. You can write that letter. Absolutely. I love it. Well, I can't. You got to let us know when you write that letter, honey, and that you get some sponsorship for exactly what it is that you want to do. I love that. And then the last one is what is one self-care tip or routine that you can leave everybody here with? Mm. Here's something. I'm a licensed clinical social worker uh, and I have a private practice where I see clients psychotherapy. Mm-hmm. I believe that everybody needs a good therapist. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand that everybody doesn't have health insurance, but there are many, and especially now in the advent of doing telehealth, people with sliding scales, you don't have to see your therapist every week. I think that therapy is a key element to self-care that I wish that people would would invest in. 
check in with somebody. Just talk to somebody about those traumas or those things that happened to you when you were younger that you don't quite understand, or but you feel like maybe affecting your, your life now. I have a therapist. Mm-hmm. The therapist has a therapist and the therapist therapist has a therapist. Right. You know, are you adjusting to life so that you're living your best life? Absolutely. And you know, as you said that, I oftentimes get the question of what is the difference between a therapist and a coach? And so I want to take the opportunity now and see if you agree as a therapist. What I tell my clients is that both are beneficial. And I tell Mm -hmm. them that what a coach is certified to do is to meet you where you are and then help you move forward to where you absolutely deserve and need to be, hands down and absolutely. As an accountability partner, that person to push you, et cetera. Now, what a therapist is licensed to do is to meet you where you are and go backwards to hit on that trauma and help you unseat and unpack that trauma so that you can move forward. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. 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 And what I've had to do a couple of times, honestly, is I work with a client and I feel like we're getting stuck on the same thing. And it's usually if if we get stuck about three sessions in a row on the same thing, if it comes back and I'm not able to unpack that, I recommend a therapist and I say, hey, I recommend that you go to a therapist and it sounds like this is the trauma that you're struggling with. But guess what? I'll be right here when you're finished because it's important. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That's why to me, and I could add coaching because everybody may not need a therapist, and but going to one, you can make that determination. Mm-hmm. A therapist, a clinician, a licensed clinician should be able to say to you within that first or second session, you know what? I don't know if it's therapy that you need. I think it may be coaching, group therapy. You may need to just get a hobby. I think that everybody should have that introduction to at least be able to say, hey, There's some stuff that happened to me or didn't happen to me that I'm wondering is affecting me. Let me just check in. I do subscribe to your definition or the way that you talk to people about it because I am, as a therapist, taking people back, you know, and through the work that we do, hopefully... We come to a place where we are re-looking, re-evaluating your diagnosis. And the diagnosis may be such that after six weeks of sessions, you're off on your own, you know, or the diagnosis may be such that this may be a lifelong thing. Mm -hmm. We may Mm -hmm. be revisiting those traumas or those, those incidences as that you grew up through that didn't nurture you. We may have to revisit them every week. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. every week somehow they are interrupting your pro- your process and the way you want to live your life. And then we may get to a point where they don't at all. And that's butter. That's when things are, woo, mm. you're good. You know, but that doesn't mean we don't see each other. I'm still your therapist and we'll still check in. Yes, I love that. We give a final cheers here. This is just a celebration of what people around this kitchen table can say yes to. This is your time to give a cheers to our audience. Cheers to everyone who has decided to do deep diving into themselves and into research that's going to support their healing. Cheers to everyone looking for understanding of what works and what doesn't work and who's taking that and then taking it to the next level and sharing that information. Yes. Cheers. I love it. How can people get in touch with you? I can be reached at paulettesimone.com. There you can read more about me. You can also book a consultation with me. Right now, I'm not taking new clients because I am starting school, as I mentioned, next week. 
That's right. Uh, but I am doing consultations for cannabis therapeutics. I am helping people get their medical cards. I'm also doing speaking engagement. So that's paulettesimone.com. Excellent. Excellent. And then are there any other social platforms that we can follow you on? Sure. So on Facebook, you can reach me at Be More Bud Talk with Paulette Simone. Also on Instagram, I'm Simone Paulette. Talk to us about this Be More Bud Talk. All things cannabis. I'm trying to bring people a better understanding of the plant. Through this series, I'm going to talk about a myriad of things. The first one we did was Medical Cannabis 101 the pure basics. We talked about how to get your medical card in Maryland, D.C. and Virginia. We talked about THC and CBD and why our systems really benefit from cannabis. The next one I'm planning to do, Medical Cannabis 102 in September. I was able to see your first Bud Talk and I loved it. Folks can go on there, hit up the replay and just learn and continue to get educated. It's so important. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being on here with me today. It's a pleasure to be here and I thank you for listening to that wake up session that I was on and even thinking that your audience would want to hear from me. Uh, You know, this is really a truly a, a great experience. We have concluded another episode of Coaching, Cocktails, and Conversations with Lolita E. Walker. Connect with me at lolitawalker.com for speaking, coaching, and my book, The Intersection of You and Change. Next time, bring a friend. Cheers.